Welcome to Kitchen Table, candid conversations about sex, relationships, and being human. I'm Brittany Paula Castro. And I'm McAntony, and today it's part two of Just Us. Yes. So today we're talking about our struggles with polyamory. Those are our moments. Hey, Nick. Hey, Brittany. We're back, just the two of us. Just the two of us. You and I. Oh my God, we did that together. (laughs) That was was magical. (laughs) I love when that shit happens. (laughs) So today, I feel like today is going to be a little bit harder of a conversation. A little bit. Because we're going to be talking about our challenging times. While while being open and poly. Yeah. And it's funny because I was just assuming that the most challenging time was the one that I'm going to talk about. But you were like, no, actually for me, it was something different. Yours is was hard as well. That was fucking hard. <laughs> no, but, but there were other parts. And so I'm glad that you brought that up to be like, no, no, like I want to talk about mine mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. And not just like the one that's the more obvious. Yeah. 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 So that's what we're going to do today. Let's get started. Here we go. Welcome to Kitchen Table. I'm Brittany. I'm Nick. And today we are talking about our struggles with polyamory. The struggle is real. <laughs> I mean, we don't struggle that much anymore. Uh, we have, well, we have our, we moments. have our moments. We have our moments, but that's like a that comes with all, it comes with the territory within all relationships, especially ones that cohabitate. And, yes, yeah, ones that are long term. Yeah, but I think this is what I say to people about polyamory when they're struggling. I'm mm-hmm. like, give it two years. <laughs> <laughs> like the first two years are a hot mess. Hopefully, they're not as messy for you. But you know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's gonna be some shit. That's I'm not just, to it. I'm not just saying that from my experience, though. This is what I've seen time and time again. And, you know, yes, like, I am sure, and I would love to hear from you, (laughs) hit us up on Instagram or or Twitter, (laughs) if you opened your relationship and it was smooth sailing the whole way. But I'm sure it it does. And literally hit us up because we want to interview you. (laughs) Yes, please. But for the most part, it can be a struggle because you are asking yourself and your partner to do something that is so far out of the norm. Yeah. And there's so much that we're being asked of to be ethically non-monogamous or polyamorous. And, you know, just to let's have a lesson. (laughs) So ethical non-monogamy is just the umbrella, right? The umbrella of people that are choosing to have multiple partners or multiple sexual partners, just like be with more than one person, right? Mm -hmm. To be non-monogamous. And then there's lots of things under that. There could be swinging, there could be monogamish, which Dan Savage coined that term Mm -hmm. for it's like, you maybe dabble a little bit, but not that much. There's- um, Don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell, which is like, oftentimes it's more just having sexual relationships. And then there's polyamory, Mm -hmm. which interestingly enough, when we opened our relationship, we didn't necessarily want to be polyamorous. We no. just wanted to have sexual engagement. And early, early on, I didn't realize it, but like I wanted more yeah. from the beginning. And part of that was my attachment trauma and wanting to merge with people, <laughs> like literally merge with people. And this craving that was me, which I understand now, trying to get my needs for safety met. But I realized though, like, no, I, I want a chosen family. That's what I want. But to just know that there's, you know, that not everyone that opens their relationship is polyamorous, but ethical non-monogamy, or some people like to say consensual non-monogamy is pretty much like the umbrella. At least that's how we roll Mm -hmm. with that. You know, when you're operating in, in any of those ways, it's 
challenging because of all the conditioning that we have on how we're supposed to be in relationships. Mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains of conditioning. Yeah. And so there's a lot of communication that needs to be had. So much. A lot of really connecting with how you're feeling and a lot of honesty. It doesn't have to be brutal honesty. I hate that term. Yeah. Brutal honesty. People who like just want to deliver brutal honesty. I'm just like, really? (laughs) You thought that'd be a nice thing to say to somebody? You want to feel, I don't know. There's just something that's. There's something inside of that oftentimes. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. We can be kind. Uh, with our honesty and and truthful at the same time. Yeah, we don't necessarily have to be cruel in the way. Needless to say, there's a lot to navigate. And if you don't have that template, and even if you do, you have the template from a monogamous standpoint, most likely, you know, unless you grew up and you grew up in some kind of open community or something where this was modeled for you. But most of us, we don't, at least this generation, I feel like generations to come are going to have this modeled a lot better. And so they'll be like, we got this. But we didn't have this modeled. It's not modeled in the media. It's not modeled in movies or TV. It's starting to shift slightly. But even that, a lot of modeling of ethically non-monogamous relationships are dramatic. It's all the drama. All the drama and the failures. And the failures, right? That's what we hear about. We hear about the failures. And so that's part of why I am so vocal about it. And now together we're so vocal about it is because we are absolutely an exception to that rule of of failures. We are talking about the success of this kind of relationship. I mean, we've been doing it for six years and, you know, we have people in our lives that have been doing it for a while as well. I mean, my partner has been doing it for, I don't know, like a long time, like nine years, a minute. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and we've met people over the years that have been doing it for a while as well. And this is just their way of being. That's why we find it important to talk about. It's super important to see different reflections of how people can be within relationship to each other. I feel like the negative bits that we see mm-hmm. of polyamory and ethical monogamy are typically not handled in the, the most healthiest of ways. And they also help reinforce you know, monogamy rhetoric. Yes. And I in no way condemn monogamy. Like, no, not at all. At all. Like if that's your bag, if that's what you want, aim for that. That's great. But I do think there's lessons within non-monogamy and polyamory that would prove beneficial from anyone relating to another person, especially in the sovereignty space, like absolutely 110%. Yes, I love that. Uh, the sovereignty space. Also, this idea that not one person can fulfill every need that you're ever going to have. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not choosing to be ethically non-monogamous, you can engage in, in another way. Your friendships can offer you that. Creative projects can offer you things that this one person might not be able to offer you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's impossible and really in a lot of ways unfair to put all of your needs for your entire life potentially onto one person. Yeah. It would seem people fall very hard based off of that idea. Absolutely. Like they're not living up to the expectations in which mm-hmm. they're trying to reinforce, which are not realistic and yeah. things will fall apart. I mean, that's more of a personal uh, point of view on the topic. And But there has to be data. There has to be some data to relate to that. And we don't have it right now. Nope. <laughs> Talk it off the cuff. Soft knowledge. <laughs> that's what I call 
soft now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get into this. Let's get into our most challenging moments. So what was one of your most challenging? Oh, you want me to go? Yes. What was one of your most challenging moments in our great, no, no, top list of, of things? Yeah. So, I mean, there has been many for yeah. me. Let's just put it out there now that I have struggled with polyamory a lot more than you have. Right. I mean, that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, And the reason why is because of my attachment style is that I'm anxious and anxiously attached person to be in polyamory. It's just like one big trigger (laughs) in a lot of ways. And so interestingly enough, I don't get triggered with our relationship for the most part, a little bit, but it's more about trauma than you can go out, you can have dates and all of these things. And I am totally fine with it. Some moments where I've had jealousy, most of the time it's when I'm going through a breakup and I'm more just like, why can't I have a relationship that lasts? Because, you know, Nick's had some significantly long relationships. And so that hadn't been the case for me. And there was a lot of that. But yeah, overall, I've had just a lot of being triggered and trauma responses just through being in these relationships. And it's helped me to heal these things because I am in a much stronger place than I've ever been Mm -hmm. and call in, you know, additional relationships that are really like meeting my needs. So that's fucking amazing. And I'm really proud of myself. Very happy. For that. Content and full of love to see you in, in that space as well. Thank you. But yeah, the most challenging was hands down when my partner of a year and a half ish We had a very, very tumultuous relationship. It was a lot of codependency. He was an avoidant attached. I was anxious. It was high, high voltage relationship. And it was pretty even in the way that we showed up. I don't like, it's not like, oh, we did all this and I didn't. Like I, we both did because it was, we were just tangled in that way. And so you and I got married. And when we got married, we didn't sign a legal certificate. We chose not to do that. It didn't feel aligned. I'd call it more of a commitment ceremony. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, like if somebody didn't know that, they would think we just got married because it was, it was beautiful. Especially my favorite part was actually the commitment ceremony because it was just so, we were in a park, our our favorite park that's close to our house. And we had friends. We had six core values. values. What are they, Nick? Don't ask me so many questions. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just know that there's six of them. I still remember that. One was love, obviously. (laughs) I still connect to these core values on a regular basis. One was definitely desire. Nope. No? (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Love. Yeah, obviously. Communication. Got you. Freedom. Yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous. Joy. Yes. Passion. Got you. Did I say freedom? Yes. I did? You just said freedom already. Oh, see, now I'm I'm like, I have them. I just don't. Love, Love. Joy. Joy. Communication. I know what it is. Compassion passion, and freedom. Gotcha. Yeah. Why don't we have us hanging up in our house somewhere? We probably should. I'm surprised we don't. When I'm meditating and manifesting, I sometimes speak to them. But yeah, so those were our core values. And we had uh, friends like speak to each one in like a song or a poem. It was really, really beautiful. Any way they chose to express or talk about that one value. Yeah. And then your uh, next sister officiated and oh, it was so powerful. And one of our friends who actually will be on this podcast did like a whole ritual with mm. a buffalo skin drum and poured roses on us. 
<laughs> it, it was a really beautiful it ceremony. Was, it, it really was. It was so beautiful. I, you know, we had this really beautiful intentions that we set for each other and to each other. And, and it was amazing. And then we went and we danced and we ate and it was great. And that night, and my partner was there. Yeah. He came. Your partner and his kids actually helped us. Yeah. Uh, helped me set up chairs. They did. They did. Yeah. That was like the first kind of kitchen table-y thing that we did mm-hmm. ever. And I know that, I think the day of you were just like in it. So it wasn't, but you know, yeah. that was a very tumultuous relationship. And I absolutely lost myself and struggled. It was the first relationship where I loved someone. And so there was a lot of pain and suffering in not understanding how I could love two people at the same time. That was really hard. Yeah. Because I just didn't know, because, you know, there was this new energy and it was very tumultuous and um, there was a very, very strong sexual connection because of a lot of this tangle between us. And I just didn't understand it like I do now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was a lot as we were moving towards getting married. And I really, truly, to this day, believe that that ceremony is what set everything into action. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because I think that I committed so profoundly and deeply in that ceremony with the support of these very conscious people that were holding us and the earth and these rituals. And I believe that what happened, you know, what preceded it was because of that. I truly do. And so what happened was four days later, my partner broke up with me. (laughs) I feel like I still have a sliver of shame when I say what I'm about to say, which is that it is the most grief I've ever felt. And I judged the shit out of myself for that. Why do you judge yourself so intensely on that? Because we were together for a year and a half. Like, you know, there was some things in my life, other people that had had tremendously horrible losses. Sure. And witnessing those, you know, death and like just really horrible things. And I was just like, why do I feel this horrible Mm. from, you know, I just got married. I have you. And, you know, I've had other breakups and I haven't felt like that. Part of the reason was like, if I can get through that, I can get through anything because <laughs> it was so hard for me. But now I understand that it was trauma and it was yeah. something much deeper. But yeah, so he broke up with me four days later. He told me and then like that weekend we got together and it was really a lovely breakup. We spent the weekend together. We went to haunted house the next night. We had, we made food and, and, you know, had beautiful sexual experience. We did all the things because it was, there's still a lot of love there. I pushed against it for a bit. It was really hard for me to accept until I realized that I had to because this was a boundary <laughs> that he was finally trying to enact with me because it was really hard for me back then to accept people's boundaries. And you were a big part of that for me of learning how to do that by standing steady in your truth and in what you wanted and what I call a, a boundary pusher. <laughs> and I tend to attract people pleasers mm-hmm. because they make great companions <laughs> because they do whatever I want them to. <laughs> and so I've always said that the best people for me are the people that can say no to me and stand in that no. And now, you know, I'm much better at that. And so, yeah, it fucking sucked. And we just had this amazing experience. And so, oh, the interesting thing, the witchy magical thing was that that night after our wedding, I had a dream that we broke up. And I was feeling super anxious about it. Yeah. I remember you telling me about yeah. it. And I was just like, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it happened. And yeah. Like, and it happened. Oh, shit. A couple days later. And I remember telling him and he was just like, oh. And I think he already knew. So he's probably like, this fucking witchy woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, so grief stricken. Yeah, and you were. 
I mean, I cried every single day for months. It was very hard having to bear witness to that. But all I could do was bear witness and provide comfort when it was appropriate, when it was being uh, asked for. In the earlier stages, I definitely had a little bit of resentment. I thought it was a coloring or muddying the event that had just happened. Of course, yeah. But yeah, I, but I was like, this is something that we both committed to. And the ceremony was still amazing and it mm-hmm. still had its own power. And this doesn't really need to touch that at all. Like, this is very much its own thing. And I need to let Brittany go through this. She needs to move through this. That's all there was to it. Yeah. And I admire you so much for that. Even now, like looking back, now I think I could have done that back then I could not have. I don't think I could have done that, what you did. And I don't think a lot of people could have done Mm -hmm. what you did. I mean, it was amazing and really speaks to just the kind of human that you are. I mean, it does. I mean, for you to be able to hold space the way that you did for my pain and trauma and grief, four days after we got married, after we had this beautiful ceremony, because our relationship got so much stronger after that. It took a while. It did. I mean, we're talking a year later and I was still bawling. Mm-hmm. Like there was a couple songs that I could not, what was the, um, I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you. But it was like another version of it. Yeah. And I mean, I get chills even when I- R&B singer. I think it was- Super slow. With a tank. Tank was playing the piano. And it was- yeah, you like, sent it to me. And I was like, what would you send me? It's a beautiful song. And it was just so, I'm talking like a year later. I think we were watching like, So You Think You Could Dance? And I heard the first chord and I was like, fuck. Yeah. And it was a dance. I was just like, Who? I sat there and I just cried and cried. I'm getting super hot as I'm talking about the, yeah. the energetics of that moment are, uh, yeah, they don't really leave you. Like, this, yeah. the echo is... It's going to stick for sure. But that's like, I mean, with any mm-hmm. hard hitting, sure. dramatic, intense moment mm-hmm. in our lives that they leave echoes in us. Every yeah. now and then you get tripped on that little wire and it's like, oh, oh that- I don't feel sad though. Like I don't no, feel like sad or emotional. Sure. Sure. But it's definitely happens with yeah. me in terms of those spaces. The gambit is open in spaces of what I feel when old uh, wounds are uh, rehashed or mm-hmm. old memories are rehashed. Yeah. Yeah. A really trying time. It took, I'd say, a good year and a half for me. So I remember being like, why am I over this yet? You're like, and you just kept saying like, it takes time. It takes as long as it takes. <laughs> yeah. It takes as long as it takes. Yeah. And so I feel like so grateful for all of that, for the fact that we did break up. It needed to happen. I was losing myself. I had lost myself, my boundaries. I was so tangled in something and I didn't understand really why. And my friend who was a therapist, like maybe a month or two, a couple months later, we had hung out. And that was when she was like, do you know about attachment styles? <laughs> and she had first brought that up. Our therapist hadn't brought that up with us. We were just doing other things. And she had brought it up and gave me the book. And I was like, holy shit. This is why. And everything started to change for me because I started to understand it from that lens. Yeah. So that's mine. That's yours. What, what was mine? <laughs> what, was, what was mine? I mean, I think, was that like a hard, that was a hard moment for you, yeah? I'd be lying. <laughs> lying. And I was like, it wasn't no thing. You had your emotions and you were in a certain place. No, 
That was just like, and I feel like I could easily have internalized like that moment yes. and been like, what does this mean about me? Why, what is this the reflection on me? I, I could have made it about me, but I was just like, this is not about me. This is not about us. This is about something very specific, very specific connection that Brittany had with this uh, other human. One of the hardest moments for me was very early on, very early on when we opened up. I recall this moment you had been out late and you had not told me or reached out to me uh, to let me know you were going to be out late. I stayed up. And the moment you came in the door, I was like, wow, you didn't reach out to me at all. And you had this like deadpan expression, like you did not give a fuck what came out of my mouth. And I'm talking to you about it. And it's like, yeah, you, why didn't you just text me and let me know you were out and there, or you were going to be late? And you were just like, and... I was like, what is this expression? Like, it feels like nothing I'm saying to you is like landing or bouncing. The energy I felt was just like, you did not give a fuck. And I was just like, mm. Mm. I was just like, I remember in that moment, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to you in this moment right now. I was like, cause like, if you could see what I'm seeing on your face right now, you, yeah. your expression is completely neutral. You're not, you weren't being affected or taking in anything I was saying. You're just like, yeah, I was out. And I was just like, I don't even remember it. This is me. Like, this is like me projecting okay. what, what I thought your expression said, <laughs> but like, that, that's, that's the energy I got. I was just like, oh, okay, like, so we should talk about that. You was quite, I was just saying stuff. And you were just like, you were just like very, just like, you were giving me anything. Yeah. Cause I was in a freeze response. Yeah. Cause I was triggered. Yeah. Cause I had a really, really hard night. Uh, and I remember that. And I, and you know, so pull back the defense for a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Be like, listen, this is going on. I understand how that like could be really because I'm not like that with you ever. It was the first time I've ever, ever. seen you have that expression. Probably ever again. That energy. That was the only time I've ever seen that that face or that well uh, that vibe. When I've been triggered more recently, I think I've gone into that frozen space of blank stare and like no, not nothing like this. Nothing like this. Nothing compares to what that was. Yeah, if I could call it, I would say I was in a freeze response. You know, I was just numb and. um because it was super triggered from the night. Because mm. it was, I had recently just had sex for the first time with someone, with this new person after just opening our relationship. And I got super, you know, anxious and all my stuff was coming up and wasn't receiving the things the way I needed to receive them to feel safe. And so I felt super unsafe. Yeah. And I think that for me is what was happening. And I didn't have the language then to express it. Because I've had those things happen since, but I've been able to express it. Yeah. And so, you know, and I'm sure there was stuff that had to do with you as well in that moment. I'm good at reinforcing the idea of pausing. Yeah, I'm not good at that. Like, like people <laughs> don't ever go to bed angry. I'm just like, mm -mm. <laughs> I'm like we go to bed angry. <laughs> so like, we'll rest it and we'll come back fresh. Mm -hmm. Like that it is okay to go to bed, go to bed frustrated. It made no sense for me to continue knocking on that door when we weren't in a good place. Like I was coming from more of a defensive position. I was angry and you were in the space you were in. And I was just like, this is not going to work right now. This is not going to work. I like, we need to pause. But I was just like, I'm not even going to talk to you right now based off of where your energy mm -hmm. is right now. I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, we paused and we came back to it and worked out. I'm not sure how long it took to, for us to bounce back from that. But this that night, so vivid in my head, being like, oh, who is this person? <laughs> who is this person? <laughs> like, stranger. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry Thank that you. that happened. Yeah, done. Yeah, let's review. I'm sorry that that happened. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah. Those aren't actual apologies. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, hard stop. Nothing else is said. My seventh grade teacher, you know what I'm going to say. 
Sorry means a change in behavior. Sorry means a change in behavior. Hey, Mr. McGowan. <laughs> yeah, Mr. McGowan's really going to be listening to this. <laughs> you never know. I'm like, oh, he's probably old. If they still rock him, he's just Get like, it. oh, Brittany, listen to your podcast about you opening up your relationships. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it's for real. Sorry means a change in behavior. Sure. <laughs> it's true. I, I don't know why I have resistance to that. It's true. I do. Like, I can sense it in me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you want to change my behavior? What? Yeah. Because otherwise, then why are you sorry? Because I think it's important to be acknowledging the wrong or the energy or the contribution in which you've uh, laid or hearing someone share how they're feeling and making sure, like, I hear you or I see you. And yeah. That, for me, that's what sorry is for me. I see you. Yeah. I think it should be, I see you and I'll try to do better. I'll do better. That's what my partner says when I say that. He's like, I'm sorry, I'll try to do better. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be clocking that. No. <laughs> you have said on December 31st, this at is when 2 you, PM. you said I was sorry. And then after that, it's been at least 18 months. Like, why are you rolling backwards? Why are you going backwards? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Got charts uh, all over. <laughs> Flow charts. We met this day. Nick gets a gold you star. <laughs> Whatever. That's not what I do. I'd be, I'd be, I feel some kind of way if I discovered you. I had, had, a, had a book of like, you know, just charting, like, you know, people and like attitudes and mm-hmm. sorry. I had a book when I was growing up of, um, oh God, I wish I had this book still. It was a book. Well, I still, I guess I'm proud of this. Um, I mean, I'm not super proud of it. I wouldn't do it now, but it was super fun back then. What is this? You were rating people? Yes. Like what we did, mm-hmm. the kiss, what how it was. Was it like coded? No. Just in case like a No, it was like parental figure. It was like sibling kissing like. and stuff or like fingers and stuff. Yeah. It was like you were sex. Just, you, were, you were documenting. It was great. I wish I had the book. I would read it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Billy. When I was 19. Like, wow. <laughs> I would not be able to fill a book at that age. I was staying home watching Nickelodeon and Snick. He loves to say that. I was. Are you afraid of the dark? Hell yeah. That's my <laughs> shit. Like, what you doing on Friday? I, I want not people going out partying and drinking and like, no, I didn't do any of that shit. I was. Yeah, I was a party, party gal. Oh, yeah. You've been Big time. You told me stories. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that sometimes. <laughs> so anything to add about your... No, that was the biggest moment and mm. ongoing. And it was a moment. It so, was you know? a moment. Yeah. I would never forget it. But uh, outside of that, it's just you work on these things. Like mm-hmm. when conflict comes within your relationship, especially when it comes to long-term relationships, I think it's very important that people take a step back and take a moment to breathe and also express and share how each other is feeling and like what effect this is having and also owning what internalized triggers are coming up for you based off of yeah. like your history. Like we're all just human beings trying our best not to bump into people like navigating this earth. And it's just, if you're with someone and I'm telling you, I love you, like that should have weight and mean something. Like I don't want to write anyone off or us off at all mm-hmm. based off of us having like a, a spat, you know, it's just yeah. right, we're human beings and we're both growing and evolving. And there has to be room left for that evolution or else what's the fucking point? Oh, I could add more to that, but I think that's a really great time to to close with that. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> had some feels on that one. Yeah. What were the feels that you had? Well, like I said in the thing, I started getting really hot. And also I feel sad, a little sad that you had that experience of me. These things happen. 
And so that was just a moment in time. I think it's really um, a window into us. Like probably my story was like 20 minutes and yours was like five. That's usually what happens with you and I. Like, Nick, how was your day? Or how was whatever? I haven't seen you in a little bit. Good. Boop, 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 boop. And then it's like, it's like a spattering of, uh, yeah. this happened, then this happened. Oh, this happened too. And now like, I'm done. Yeah. And then me, it's like an hour later. <laughs> Let me pull out my notes. <laughs> and so that was basically an example of that, <laughs> of how we roll. I'm, I'm way more succinct when yeah. it comes to it. <laughs> sharing well, that stuff. I have a lot, like just oftentimes more than I remember mm-hmm. too, it's you true. know? That is true. And so we're going to do this again. We're going to, yeah. we're going to spatter these in, um, these little, just us talks. Mm-hmm. So y'all can just get to know us better and we can have this connection and, and, and share a little bit of our wisdom from, you know, being humans in the world. Mm-hmm. All we can do is be kind to each other mm-hmm. as thoughtful as we possibly can. And when we don't own it, own it. Thank you so much for listening. Follow me at sexually underscore liberated on Instagram and check out my website at brittanypolacastro.com. And now we're on Twitter. Follow us at K Table Podcast. Follow me at Nick Anthony Photo on Instagram and check out my website on nickantony.com. That's A N T O N Y. There is no H. Editing by Audio Knots. Music by Greta Hopmer. And follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review. Five stars if you're feeling generous. It really does help. And share our podcast with someone you think might be interested. Help us spread the kitchen table love. Until next time.